Welcome to another episode of the Amford Church Sermon Podcast. We're thrilled that you're taking the time to listen to what we have to say about God, the world, and you. These sermons are recorded live during our weekly Sunday morning services. To find out more about us or to plan a visit to join us, check out our website, amfordchurch.com. Again, thanks for listening and enjoy. It's a simple question, isn't it? Have you had enough? Um, and with these chocolates, I think until the kids are at least 10 deep, probably more, and some time has passed and the sugar has kicked in and they start feeling a little bit sick, the answer is going to be no. And my question for us as grown-ups this morning is this. Are we satisfied? Have we had enough of Jesus? Um, there are people in this room who have been Christians, and they're not even a year old. There are people in this room who have been Christians for 60 plus years. And the answer should be the same always, shouldn't it? That we always want more and more of Jesus. One of the amazing things about Jesus is that there is a life's worth and beyond of things to learn about Him. The relationship that we have with Jesus, we should really ultimately never be satisfied with this side of glory. We can always learn more. We can always grow closer. We can always be changed more by what we are discovering about Jesus. Jesus, as simple as he was, was incredibly complex. He was a passionate man. Would we agree with that as we read the pages of the Gospels that he was passionate? And yet, he was a gentleman. He was fierce at points. And yet, he was someone who was extremely peaceable. Jesus was someone who was sorrowful, so much so it runs onto the next line uh, line of the slide. And yet, he was someone who knew joy. He was, as I've said, simple and yet complex. There is so much of Jesus to be had and discovered that we should always be seeking to know Jesus more. And as I said earlier, knowing Jesus more isn't just like finding more answers in our revision sessions for an exam. When Paul was writing to Titus in Crete, he explained that part of the mission of sharing Jesus was so that people would continue to be changed by the knowledge that they found. Learning more about Jesus, knowing more about him, inevitably leads to a faith and godliness. I think it's terribly sad that one of the things that we have done, not necessarily individually, not even necessarily as a church, but I'm sure it's there, is to change our understanding of godliness, Christ-likeness, into a pretty unimpressive list of don'ts. That when we think about being godly people, probably what jumps to our minds is not this fantastic human, unlike any other human who'd come before, but we probably think of things like this, don't swear, don't drink, don't lie, don't steal, don't work on a Sunday. That that is what it means to be godly people. 
As Christians, we are called to follow Jesus, to live human lives as He redefined that notion. Like so much of Jesus' life is familiar to us. His hunger, His sorrow, His joy, His frustration at points. And yet the way He lived as a human was completely and utterly alien to us. We're called to love God and to love one another as Jesus did, which is so radically different to how we would live unless Jesus had called, it to, called us to it. We're called to live life so differently that, like in Jesus' time, people wanted to kill Him for it. Now, that does involve putting off stuff. I don't want to give the impression that when we look at Jesus, we see someone who was just like us, had all our flaws and our faults. Of course, we know Jesus is someone who was perfect, that those desires of the flesh or what have you, what they're called in Scripture, that Jesus had put them off. But this is how Paul uses, again, this image of getting changed in Colossians chapter 3, that actually becoming more like Jesus involves taking these sorts of things off, but replacing them with Christ-like if you've got Colossians chapter 3, you'll read these words. Put away all of the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, filthy language from your mouth. Don't lie to one another since you have put off the old self with his practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of your creator. There's a whole long list of things that, you know what? If you are knowing Jesus more, if you are becoming more like him, they won't they won't exist in your life. Get rid of them. Godliness is, yes, putting off certain things, but instead put on. The, the, the imagery isn't there for us to be wandering around in the nude. The imagery is there for us to be dressed and robed and looking like Christ. It says this, put on in its place compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in one body, rule your hearts. Be thankful. Do you see Paul's picture here? of what it means to have a knowledge of Jesus, which is transforming us. That's what he said in verse 11. He says it's taking the old rubbish out of our lives and in its place putting something which is a beautiful, wonderful description of Jesus, isn't it? Someone who is compassionate, someone who is kind, someone who is humble, someone who is gentle, someone who is patient, someone who bore with us in spite of our, all of our faults and flaws and failings, someone <coughs> who forgave us someone who loved us, someone who bound us together in that love and that peace. When the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, this is supposed to be the result. Transformed people, transformed hearts, transformed desires, transformed characters, Christ-likeness. And sometimes perhaps we can put it off too much into that category that this is a supernatural thing that will only happen when God, by His Spirit, as it is at work in us. So why then does Paul write in such a way as this? Put off, put on. 
Why does he use the language of us doing, of us pursuing, of us striving, if it's not for us to think about these things and to be purposeful in them? Now, I think all of this means two things for us as we want to know Jesus more together. It means, number one, that we have to commit time and energy and effort and attention into spending time getting to know Jesus more. We have to actually, if that is to be a thing, Holy Spirit included, we have to come and want and desire and purposefully spend time in God's Word getting to know Him. Don't we? For some of us, that is something that is already a part of our daily lives. John's encouraged you to join some sort of um, Bible reading through the year thing, and you're sat there and you think, do you know what, Sam? I've got that. I've nailed that. Every day I'm in God's Word. I'm reading the Bible. I'm praying about it. I'm meditating on it. Nailed it. Thank you very much. The second thing it means is that we need to be purposeful in pursuing the change that's supposed to come about. I don't know whether your experience is anything like mine, but too often reading the Bible can just be reading the Bible. And there's some sort of disconnect that happens between my eyes and my brain and my brain and my heart. And what I see and what I learn and what is revealing to me about God through Christ doesn't end up in a changed life. It doesn't end up in transformed godliness. It doesn't end up in Christ-likeness. We need to be purposeful. We need to be pursuing those two things, spending time with Jesus and being changed by that. In a couple of weeks, we're going to give every single person in our church one of these, a little journal. Uh, We're calling it the More Journal. And it's a space to organize our thoughts, organize our reading, organize our prayers, organize our responding to Jesus. Because we want to genuinely be people who know Jesus more. And that will not happen accidentally. As much as we might like to hope that coming along every Sunday even or downloading podcasts and things like that will change us, Unless we are purposeful about it together, that will not happen. Random illustration as to what I mean by that. If you spend time with me on a social level, you will hear me quote an awful lot of lines from comedies. Anybody here? Hands up. Experience that. Okay, Dan, and thank you, Dan. We've got a hand there. We've got another hand there. I'm glad to see that. Charlotte, I'm so glad that you noticed that that's something that goes on. Every hour of every day, if I have a chance, in my brain, I will quote comedy lines because, number one, I remember them very easily. And number two, I love comedies. I love a little wordplay. I love a little joke. This is great. But you will not become a fan of Austin Powers, the original, simply by spending time near me. You'll hear a lot of material from the first Austin Powers. I've seen it 30 plus times. But Charlotte, if I asked her now to say one line from Austin Powers, even though she's had 12 years in close proximity to me, she's shaking her head. She doesn't have any. She's gone the other way. She hates it. (laughs) She might perhaps pick up on the odd quote or allusions. 
as I'm just going about the general day, cleaning up after her, tidying our house, those sorts of things I do every single day, she might think, oh, that's another Austin Powers one. But she won't know Austin Powers, will she? She won't love Austin Powers. She won't be changed into someone who is quoting Austin Powers herself, or The Simpsons, or anything else like that. Because there's no desire. There's no intention from her. She just happens to be close to someone who spends an awful lot of time doing that. And in the same way, or in a similar way, I think that is so true for us, is that we somehow have tricked ourselves into thinking that if we're near Christ in a Sunday service, even sometimes if we come to his word and, and, and see him revealed there, that that is just automatically going to change us. If we have no intent, if we have no purpose, if we have no plan to be changed, to spend time, then it simply will not happen. We need to make sure that we are creating opportunities in our lives daily, daily to come to know Him more. And that when we come to know Him more, we are intentionally looking for how that should be changing us as human beings. That's what the more journals, we hope, are going to help us to do. And that can be absolutely and utterly, um, <clears throat> what's the right word, daunting. That if you have a project such as seeing who Jesus is and being changed by him, you sometimes can feel like you have got no idea where to start. Well, as a church, we're going to try and start off by spending time with Jesus and thinking about how he is someone who is meek. Now, meek is a word that has had a lot of bad press over the decades. When we use the word meek, what do we think of? We think someone who is soft. We think someone who is, not meek, weak. We think of someone who is a pushover. Well, you can see the dots there. We're certainly not using in that sense. This is an acronym, I think it is, where each letter stands for something else. And we want to collectively be looking at and learning how Jesus is a meek person and how we should be meek people too. And by that we mean someone who pursues more. Jesus is someone who pursues more. I'm going to explain that in a little bit. The other three we're going to explain over the next couple of weeks in January. Jesus is someone who enjoys life. Jesus is someone who eats with others. Jesus is someone who shows kindness. There is so much more to be said about Jesus, but this is a starting point for us. To look, to see how he is this sort of human and how we, in response to him, are supposed to be these sorts of humans as well. People who pursue more, people who enjoy life, people who eat with others, and people who show kindness. It's not exhaustive, it's not definitive, but it is a starting point. We hope that you found today's message useful and challenging. And we want to take a moment to offer you some next steps that you can take right now. Why not get in touch with us via email at contact at amfordchurch.com if you have any follow-up questions or things that you'd like to discuss. If you want to know more about what's going on at Amford Church, make sure to like us on Facebook. And lastly, check out our YouTube channel 
for video teaching in addition to our sermon podcasts. Thanks for listening.